0: Welcome to another episode of General Geekery. I believe this is episode, well, episode three now. So, I mean, if you're like a Marvel Comics fan and have noticed how they number their comics, you know, we're like volume three, number three. So, uh, this is Brian, and as always, I'm with JD. Hello. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed our last show with uh, Mark Jackson's... Uh, um, uh John Jackson Miller. John Jackson Miller. My brain just completely locked up there. John Jackson <laughs> Miller. I'm like, uh you know, that one guy. Right? Star Wars books, you know? That was, that like, was awesome. Awesome enough to come on the show with us? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, brain for um I finished Lost Tribe of the Sith, so I thought that was a pretty decent book. Had have you looked into getting that?
1: Not yet, but that's because um in the middle of reading The Lando Calrissian Adventures by L. Neil Smith. And then, from the library, I got the uh, Volume 1 of Marvel's Darth Vader comic. So, um, when I finish those, uh, I'll, uh, I'll hit the next button uh, for a book, because... Uh,
2: um,
0: I thought The now, Last Tribe uh, of the Sith was a pretty interesting book. I mean, it, it's set over, like several thousand years i mean it's it's not your really yeah it's not your typical star wars book
1: oh so there's like a time span for it oh yeah completely oh oh, that's pretty cool and
0: it's like completely outside the normal star wars universe too so i mean it's 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 not uh, totally not your normal star wars book i also are there
1: are there characters that bridge the time gaps or does it just sort of jump around
0: uh, there are definitely characters that bridge the time gaps, yeah. Oh, okay. It all ties together. It's just set over a very long period of time. Uh, I also picked up his book, uh, that Star Trek book he was talking about. Um, waiting for my Kindle to open up here so I can see remember the name of it. Um, Pray. Pray. Nope. That's the one nope. he's got coming out. Oh. Um, oh.
1: Uh, Takedown? Yes. Okay. Um...
0: The one he described I, as Hunt for Red October set in, uh... Sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, the one, uh, Picard versus Riker. Yeah, I need to read that. Um...
0: It was good. Yeah. Uh, I
1: The I, Prey I, series, I'm waiting until all three of them out. Yeah. So I can buy all three of them. Only because, uh... That isn't to say that there won't be time gaps in between me reading it, but I want to... I just want to have them all.
0: Understandable. That's definitely how I like to do things nowadays. I mean... I used to buy my comic books, you know, once a week. But now I get them, you know, probably I don't know three, four times a year, and I just sit down and read them all at once. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, I get my comic I books guess. from the same guy that I've gotten them for, gotten them through, have gotten them through for the last thirty years. So he's up in Denver, and I live in Colorado Springs. So he just um, piles them up and comes them just up.
1: So you just binge read then?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh.
1: So um, yeah
0: uh, I think you'll like takedown I really enjoyed it it was uh, it was definitely a good book um, I uh, yeah
1: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have re- got times where it'll take me a little while to get through a book and then I've got times where it'll take me like a week um, depending on how uh, how dedicated I am and to reading it and how much time I've got. Because, like, right now, I'm reading the Lando Kilrissian trilogy. Now, look, Lando is either my number one or my number two favorite Star Wars character. But these books are... They're less Star Wars and more standard sci-fi fare, I guess. Um, I mean, it's kind of understandable, because when they were written, it was... In the early eighties, it was around the same time frame that Brian Daly was writing those Han solo books. Okay. And I was never the biggest fan of those either, where early early expanded universe Star Wars <clears throat> sometimes I find it kinda hard to read. Not for any reason other than there wasn't there wasn't a lot of established, there wasn't a lot for the authors to call on, so
0: yeah, most of Sometimes. it's based on the video games, yeah.
1: Well, a lot of this a lot of these books that were written, you know, long, long before, heir to the empire. Um, these authors are sort of flying by the seat of their pants, literally, because oh, both I, novels I, feature I, the Millennium I'm,
0: Falcon. Yeah, I'm following. You. I th- thought you were talking about like Knights of the Old Republic books there.
1: No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking these novels that were written.
0: Splinter the of the Mind's when, Eye. What? Splinter of
1: the Mind's Eye. Uh, Post splinters of the Mind's Eye. Thank <laughs> God. Um, but
0: I haven't actually read that. But
1: well, sometimes, sometimes the the ideas and the planets they use are a little out there. And now I'm all for some trippy, crazy, outside the box Star Wars stuff. But a lot of the times, these authors were just. You know, they didn't have any restrictions on right. what they could do, but they also didn't have any restrictions... On
0: what they couldn't do.
1: Yeah, so... And because there there wasn't a lot of... It isn't like when Timothy Zahn and Mike Stackpole and Kathy Tears and um, <clears throat> Aaron Alston and all those were writing Star Wars books through the 90s. And into the early 2000s where Lucasfilm had that huge reference library that they could go to, you know, to get, you know, planets and characters and, you know, all this stuff. A lot of times these authors were just sort of, um, they were using their their sci-fi writing experience and it was sort of informing what they were doing with the Star Wars characters, so... Like you don't, like you don't get other movie characters showing up, and you don't have a lot of, you know, because none of that stuff was really established yet. I mean, yeah. when Brian Daly wrote the Han Solo stuff, I don't even, I don't even know if Return of the Jedi was out yet. So really, what what you sort of had was Han and Chewie flying through space, and you had, um, <clears throat> and you had. In, in the Lando books, it's Lando and this droid just sort of flying through space and they don't really have a lot of supporting. The authors didn't have a lot of supporting stuff to fall back on. So it's it's good and it's interesting, but it's
0: Different It's weird
1: because it, it tends to be sort of trippy.
0: Yeah, I um, can understand. I see so, what
1: you're going with that. Yeah, so I'm reading that once I once I get through it. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll move on to something else. I'm not, um, I'm not, um, <clears throat> let's put it this way. I wasn't a huge fan of the Han Solo ones. I think I read the first two and I don't think I read the last one. I'm reading this because it's Lando. Um, but yeah, heaven.
0: Is so there the another Lando series it, out so. there? What's up? Isn't there another standalone Lando series out there?
1: No. No, it's just this one. Really? Um, I could have sworn the There road. is... There was another standalone Han Solo series that was written in the late 90s, and it does use some of the events from the early novels and ties it in and brings a lot of it into the expanded universe because at the time it was written, um, Anne Crispin wrote it god rest her soul she she did have that library of Lucasfilm to fall back on so and i think she actually did bring a little bit of the lando calrissian stuff into it too from this book series so it's kind of cool the way she did pull a lot of it in and tie it together but to actually read it you know just on its own it's a little odd. Uh, a lot of real earthy type stuff thrown
0: into the sci-fi. You know, I don't know. It's strange. You said you're but, reading the L. Neil Smith one. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, they just put a different cover on it. That's all. That's the one I'm looking um, at. Um, Timothy Zahn yeah, did. Oh, Timothy oh, I see Zahn what you mean. Did um, read a, yeah, they, they, they
1: republished the, the Han Solo and the Lando once a few times. And they changed the covers a few times.
0: Yeah, now that it came up in my suggested on Amazon And I I saw that and thought of you because it was a cover I hadn't seen before. And you can definitely tell it's, you know, just by the style of the art, you can can see that it's new. But no, here's the one from the 80s here too. There's a Timothy Zahn Lando book. Oh, it's a novella though. So that's probably like 90 pages. Yeah, the novellas, I mean, those things will screw with you. I saw something the other day that I was like, oh man, this is going to make a killer story. I got to take... Oh look at this! And it's ninety-one pages, and you want me to spend two bucks on it? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I can read ninety-one pages in about five minutes, so I don't want my two dollars back before I even spend it. But uh, um, look- well,
1: you know what's funny about that is those, those short stories tend to be—they tend to be just that. They're so short that they don't even generally get audio books because uh, you know when it comes to the books, most of them I listen to on audio. Um. If I like it enough, I mean, sometimes I get the book ahead of time, and I'll read it, then I'll hear the audio. Sometimes I just listen to the audio, because I get to take the story in. Um, but if I like it enough, I'll turn around and I'll read the print version. Um, there was one, Star Wars Ooh,
0: Battlefront. I gotta, That what? reminds me, don't let me forget. Go ahead and finish what you're saying, but I, oh, okay. I want to throw um, something in there, too.
1: Yeah, I read uh, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, Twilight Company. I read that because I like the audiobook so much that I had to read it. It was inspired by the Star Wars Battlefront video game, which I haven't played because I'm not a gamer. I've watched the videos of it, you know, the the little gameplay videos and stuff, and it looks really cool. I'm not going to play it. And this basically, it tells the story of uh, the Rebellion's 61st Mobile Infantry Unit, and it takes them through many many of the battles they participated in between the time frame of, of a new hope and uh, shortly after the Battle of Hoth and that book kicks ass. If you like military unit fiction, yeah, it's a phenomenal read.
0: you have to um, see what is the name of that again?
1: Uh Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely liked the books that are based on the video games. I've not had a lot of bad experience with that. I've read all but one of the Knights of the Old Republic book, and that's just because I didn't know I missed one. And I've enjoyed all of those and just couldn't get enough of them. And right now I'm reading the um, – I just started the Force Unleashed books last night. Uh, I think there's two of them, one for each video game. And uh, I know I don't know that those were the most popular characters, but those are some of my – favorite Star Wars figures of all times. So there's a oh, two, oh, two oh. box sets that came out, and they had figures you just couldn't get anywhere else, and they were fantastic.
1: Oh, that that game, The Force Unleashed, and then it's sequel. Oh, they were a big deal. Um, they were There was a lot of hype around the games, and it looked cool, but um, I didn't read the books, um, but all right, here's the coolest thing about it. Now, the guy that starred in those games is an actor named Sam Witwer. Now, Sam Witwer, after he did those, he went on to do voice work on The Clone Wars. He is the voice of Darth Maul on The Clone Wars. Nice. A- and now he's expanded. He, does, he still does Maul. And because Maul was reintroduced at the end of Rebel Season 2... And he's also doing the voice of Emperor Palpatine on Rebels. That's cool. Um, He is a fantastic voice actor. The dude's got all kinds of range. But it's funny because I saw... I think the first... I think the first uh, Force Unleashed came out in like 2006. I saw the videos and it it looked really cool. But I didn't know who he was at the time. Uh... 2011, I started watching a series on the Sci-Fi Channel called uh, "Being Human." Well, Sam Witwer starred in that as a vampire, and it was only later that I made the connection uh, that he was uh, a Star Killer. Yeah, and so that was really cool just to see that he was in those games, and he's got a he's got a big presence in Lucasfilm. In fact, I think he. And a bunch of the other Clone Wars actors also did voice work on The Force Awakens. Like he did a couple of stormtroopers, and like he did one of the villagers on Jakku, and he had another voice role in there. Nice. So that's pretty cool. But I haven't read the books. Maybe I should.
0: Yeah, I'll let you know if you'll what what I think of them. The book that I was going to mention to you, if you haven't read it. You have to read it. Any geek, if you're a geek at all, geek, nerd, I don't care what, who you are, what you are, you have to read Ready Player One by Ernest Cline.
1: Oh, I listened to the audio book a couple of years ago. Um,
0: yeah, that, the, the audio book is, is narrated by Will Wheaton. So yeah, that tells and he you did how a really good of, job. Yeah, he um, did hell of a job. So yeah, that uh, tells you how big of a, a, a geek book this is if Will Wheaton's doing the the well, voice narration for it.
1: They just they just started shooting a movie of Ready Player One. They did. Like last week.
0: Yeah, Spielberg's like, doing it.
1: Yeah, and, and like I saw the first set pictures and that, that trailer park that the kid lives in with the trailers stacked on
0: top of each yes. other
1: apartment style. That's pretty cool.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see this. I've read the book probably about three times, and I've listened to the audio book about three times.
1: Yeah, I haven't read it, but I listened to it, and... Will Wheaton did a really good job reading that. And really, he, he's like one of the voices of geekdom. I can't picture. There is nobody more appropriate to read that. And I know I haven't read it, but Ernest Cline wrote another book last year. And then Will Wheaton came and uh, he did the the, auto, the audio narration for that
0: book too. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't gotten the uh, audio book for that. I, uh, the name of that book is Armada, and it's, yeah, that's it. Uh, I, I've read that one once, and I thought it was pretty decent. I thought it was kind of along, not quite a carbon copy of Ready Player One, but it was it was pretty close. I you know it's. Uh, I, was I Maybe it too- I. Maybe I read them too close together, but it was just like, yeah, okay. It was just kind of the same thing, just in a different style. But oh, so it didn't
1: have nearly the the
0: impact that
1: Ready Player One did.
0: No, and if if an impact is a a really good word for anybody that has not read this, I mean, basically this is set um, in the future, uh, dystopian type future. Everybody's like pretty much addicted to an online video game. The whole like. World commerce and internet. It's what the internet evolves into, basically, is what somebody described it to me as. And I
1: think the book takes, late, takes place about 30 years in the future. But if shit keeps going the way it's going, in about 10 years, 15 years, that's what the world's going
0: to look like. And I won't argue with you on that. I think you're 100% right on that. And the the, the creator of this, this the, the, it's called the Oasis. is what the internet turns into. Uh, the it's creator cool. of it. It's a, it's a cool concept. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, he dies and basically leaves an Easter egg in the game to, for someone to find. And I'm not going to tell you any more about it. Just, you got to read it. Let's,
1: alright, we're not going to spoil anything, but if you grew up in,
0: in the 80s.
1: 70s, 80s, or 90s, this thing has references to something. If not everything that you were in, Atari video games, Nintendo video games,
0: Ghostbusters, uh, Buckaroo Banzai, Classic. Huh? Ghostbusters, Buckaroo Banzai, uh, Star Wars, music, video games, like everything pop culture in the eighties.
1: Yeah, let's see. I know. I know they bring up Rush. Yes, and uh, they bring up a few, a few other things. Having a brain fart. It's good stuff. Basically everybody in the Oasis is a real person, but they basically live as their avatar characters. So, and nobody knows each other. Like nobody really, Yeah. they know each other through the, through the characters. And, and it's pretty cool because you meet a bunch of these characters that have their own online identities. And then, um, Basically, they're all competing to find this this thing. It's it's a mystery what the prize is, and they basically go through through all these references based on or what what this guy that programmed it put it put it into and a lot of memories from his childhood. It's it's crazy stuff. If you if you're nostalgic for anything that you grew up with, you should read Ready Player One. Totally. The author was Ernest Cline.
0: Totally worth worth every penny getting both the audio and the the either the electronic or the paperback copy it's worth getting you know both editions just to read it just read it and then to hear will Wheaton read it is is worth it in and of itself as well the yeah. you know, the, the pop culture references are just they're just phenomenal in this book so yeah I'm, I'm glad that you've read that i was gonna gonna say if you hadn't read that i was gonna like have to Find a copy and send it to you, and make you read it before the next. Oh, well, that's show.
1: funny because, yeah. Well, all uh, right. What happened was, I think it was last year, year before, maybe it was two years ago. I read it because Ernest Klein was a guest on uh, Rebel Forced Radio, oh, which no is one of my favorite Star Wars podcasts, and he was talking about Ready Player One. So I went and I bought the CD, like the CD set. This was before I had an Audible account for audiobooks, yeah. so I listened to the CDs, because he plugged it, and that was good stuff,
0: so. Oh, man, yeah, I'd like to get him on the show sometime.
1: Um, oh, boy, wouldn't that be a hell of a thing. Yeah,
0: I bet it's pretty hard now, with the movie coming out and everything.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I think, uh, I think he's a little more high-profile pro- yeah. <laughs> high than he was at the time.
0: Uh, speaking of other kind of just like sci-fi books that, uh, have been kind of big in the last couple of years, well, I mean, this, this one's bigger than the last couple of years to me, but, uh, have you read The Martian? No. Oh, yeah, you should read that, dude. That was really good.
1: Um, wasn't it a short story? Maybe not. Maybe uh, I'm thinking of something
0: else. No, I think it's, you're, it's not a short, it, I think it was sort of a short story. This guy wrote this book about this guy, the first, like, manned expedition to Mars. They have a problem. They have to abort the mission, and one guy gets left behind. And Matt Damon. Yeah. The movie wasn't too bad, actually, but the book is a lot better. And so this guy, you know, it's like Robinson Crusoe set on Mars, and it's written really well. Um, but the the story behind that is this guy wrote this this book just as an e-book, put it on Amazon for as as like, next to free. It was as low as prices he could put it on. And then just basically forgot about it for a long time. Until he, he's he's like, I thought everybody that would have wanted to read it had already read it. Until they called him and said, hey, we want to make a movie out of this. And then it just, like, exploded from there. He put it on Amazon
1: and forgot about it. Brian, that sounds like something that you or I would do.
0: I know, right? <laughs> But I mean, how is that not like the coolest, like one of the coolest things ever? It's like rags to riches story, man. It's like, here's this book that I put together and I put it on Amazon for two bucks because that's the lowest amount that I could, I could put, you know, the cheapest I could make it. Somebody read it and they made a freaking movie starring Matt Damon out of it. Oh,
2: shit, huh? And Um. Bucky,
0: and we have uh, two Marvel characters that were in that movie. Bucky was in that movie and uh, Luis from Ant-Man was in that movie. (gasps) <gasps> he was? He was.
1: Oh, oh! now I have to. Now I you have can. to see that movie. You have to I see love that. that guy. That guy was the highlight of Ant-Man. Look, Paul Rudd was great. Michael Douglas was great. But Luis made that movie. He did. Those stories were hilarious. He did. Because Basket they show these characters talking out. in his voice. I love that. He's guaranteed. He, he's already said he'll be back for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I saw that. Thank God, because when I read that, I thought, "Well, good thing, because I might just skip the movie." Otherwise, no, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't be looking forward to it like a like a like I will be because because he's in it.
0: Yeah, uh, so he's, he's in the movie. I'm gonna have, have get... to put the Martian
1: on my list of
0: movies yeah. to watch. And the the book is, you know, I, I I say this pretty much all the time, but the book is way better. Um. So uh, maybe I'll
1: put that on my uh, on, on my to read list.
0: The book is definitely worth is definitely worth a, a look at if if you haven't read it. I mean, it is. I really enjoy. I've read it probably two or three times already.
1: Well, here's the funny thing. Now I'm a sci fi fan, but I don't generally get into a lot of sci fi books because outside of Star Wars, and it's not a lack of imagination; it's just a lack of reference for it like it's sort of <clears throat> it's hard to get visual cues from these things because sometimes they're writing about the universe that exists in the author's mind and outside of like what you see on the front cover yeah it's kind of hard to picture the the other craziness and so i find i find that past like the first book like the universe didn't grab me enough to, 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 to make me keep reading, but I'll put the Martian on the reading list because it doesn't sound like I'll have that
2: problem at all.
0: I think I've got um, I completely see where you're coming from that coming from on that and I and I know exactly what you mean by that and I've got um, there's a three book series that uh, I don't know they came out a long time ago I stumbled across that you wouldn't have this problem with just because how phenomenal the writer is in his descriptive abilities? Oh,
1: okay, because, you know, look, Timothy Zahn might have written some of the best Star Wars books ever, but just once I tried to read one of his other... Now, this dude has won literary awards, and this series, I think, won an award, and I tried to read it, I just couldn't get into it. I, I tried, but I'm like, this is just. I, I kept. I mean, it's not. and the, the universe is nothing like Star Wars, but I couldn't help it. I kept wishing for Grand Admiral Thrawn to just make a cameo. You know? <laughs> I know, it sounds ridiculous, but I'm like, I just. I, I couldn't. I couldn't identify with it. I couldn't get any context on it. I'm like, I just.
0: I don't know. I tried. But. Uh, did- well. The what's, na- what's
1: the name of that
2: series? The name of the about? well, the
0: the name of the first book is because um, it's called the it's the Takashi Kovac series. That's the name of the main character, and uh, the first book is called Altered Carbon. So, Altered Carbon. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so basically, the premise is it's set, I think, in the twenty fifth century. Um. Basically, they figured out a way to digitize human consciousness, so at a certain age, everybody has a basically a hard drive put in their in their base of their spine to back up their their consciousness.
1: Oh, in about 30 years, I'm expecting we're going to start hearing about people actually doing
0: that in room. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> then they then they call the uh, like replacement bodies, they call them sleeves. So you can get re-sleeved. and some of them are like synthetic, like combat models that are just like they've spliced with DNA. Sleeves, yeah, that
1: is creepy as hell.
0: It is, but it is a fucking Ugh. good book. So the main character is like a s ex special forces guy, and just the whole universe, whole universe is fantastic because they can, they can't, they have inter, have interstellar planets, but they don't have. It's not like faster than light travel, so these were all colonized, you know, several hundred years ago. But now they do what's called a needle cast, which is basically um, send your consciousness, you know, digitize your consciousness, and then send it by, you know, like subspace frequency to the new planet, and they download it and decant it into a new sleeve on that new planet.
1: So, is that kind of like? Oh god, that's so creepy. Um is it oh, so <laughs> they they send your you can exist you travel to another planet yeah. by having like a Synthetic body that you can just transfer your data over, like a fax or like synthetic
0: a dropbox
1: download thing into a new body?
0: Or someone else's body, because like if you, no, go to, dude. If, if you go to jail, they download your consciousness and put you in jail. So it's like a simulated jail, and someone else can use your body while your consciousness is in jail.
1: Okay. Talk about a gender identity crisis. Or, or I mean, uh, uh, like... If you are, oh my god, dude, what if you're schizophrenic? Then.
0: That's all got, your personality. Then, that's not then your you've Then got, you've
1: got a psychological crisis. So you'd have like a psycho identity crisis. And so if you're already crazy and somebody else puts their data into you, do you also get their crazy?
0: No, because that's all, all in your mind. That's not physiological.
1: Okay, so their crazy goes to a different body, yeah, and your normal takes over their body. Yep. All right, but you can become. But you still
0: have the same physiological problems. So I mean, if the guy's, you know, a smoker and you weren't, then all of a sudden you're craving nicotine, and.
1: So. If you, it's
0: a good series. Trust me. I mean, it's. Uh, it's, it's, Wait a minute! Can you be like a
1: different species? Like, if there's a. Synthetic frog, you can have a. No.
0: Okay. No. But um, they they <laughs> talked about uh, in one of these books uh, downloading uh, cr- um, like their enemies into uh, like these the, these beasts and then they'll do pit fighting. So yeah, maybe. But they're not. It's like I said. It's it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good military sci-fi.
1: That's fucked up. I want to read it just because I I. I... I
0: like the premise. Oh, yeah. The the premise is fascinating. There's three books. The first one's Altered Carbon. Uh, the author is Richard K. Morgan. He also wrote... Uh, let's see. Altered Carbon, Broken Angels, and Woken Furies are the three books. He also wrote a Sword and Sorcerer series called... Uh, I think it's the Steel Remains series. And I've read the first two books on that. And they were pretty good. Um... My only complaint about the author is he is just like so fucking descriptive that these books, they're not, they're about the normal length of a normal book. But then he gets like towards the end and he's like, oh, I got to wrap this up. <laughs> and then it's Tom like, Cl- I won't say it's <laughs> I anti- have,
2: I
1: have that problem with Tom Clancy novels. So right, time. I
0: won't say it's anticlimactic, it, but it's it, like-
1: it, it, It'll it get so, so detailed yes. and it'll tell you- Everything about the plane, or everything about the, the the vehicle, or and everything about the gun they're using, and everything about their office that they're sitting in. And yeah. Sometimes the conversations are real short, so he can get back to like the details. That's funny. Yeah. No, um, the, the, so the, dude, de- and, and I like Tom Clancy stuff. It's just sometimes it gets a little bogged down. So to just not enough to keep to stop me from reading, mind you, but it's just funny. It sounds like this guy's got sort of a similar problem
0: yeah it kind of does tom clancy's books are definitely way longer so you know tom clancy takes takes the time to to bring all the loose ends together in time and that's what i really liked about tom clancy was that he brought all those loose ends and tied them all together up at the end i think he was the master of that i've never seen anybody take so many different characters and then tie them into one huge central storyline and bring them all together so cohesively I've never seen anyone yeah, do it track before it, or since Tom Clancy. Um, just uh, in the way he did it is just phenomenal. I mean, you know, it's, um, the, the characters have like this just bit part, but it's this bit part is like an integral part of the story that would not have been able to take place if that character well, didn't have his bit part. Well, the other thing with the Tom Clancy books is, I, I don't, I, I don't know
1: how he keeps tracking the many characters. I don't know. But it's not even just in each book. It's over the course of a series of books. These characters, they transition book to book. Dude, this guy, this guy, he's like a hard drive for a brain. It's like...
0: like, All right, sorry, folks. Uh, As you know, General Geek 3 is a diamond in the rough. fuck Skype would not be general geekery if we did not have technical difficulties. Oh,
1: dude, every podcast that uses Skype has this problem.
0: Well, all right. It's
1: just some some of them can
0: edit it edit out. It out. Yeah. Yeah, so. so anyway, we were talking about Tom Clancy and how he's uh, just really not only good about bringing all the, the characters together into the books, but how he can continue these characters over a series of books. I mean, these books are like four or 500 pages a piece, and he's... He he wrote you know half the, more than half a Dude, dozen of them.
1: One one of the ones that I got through Audible, the running time was, I think it was nineteen hours.
0: Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I remember remember doing I I had to read one for oh I don't remember I like the, a high school reading project I had to read like the teacher gave me some like insane amount of. Pages to read because she didn't think I could do it. I think it was like ten thousand pages, and she's like, "Yeah, you'll never do it in the time that I have allotted." She, I don't know. And I read like three Tom Clancy books. <laughs> Jeez. And it, Wait, it more you so than... to
1: read Tom Clancy in high school? Dude, That's
0: bad. Oh, honestly, okay, I'll take that back. That was probably summer school. So <laughs> 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 I was not a. I am not a brain surgeon. Let's let's just go there, and especially not high school. So. Anyway, um, yeah, so I I had to, like, do a book report, and I didn't even get a quarter of the way through, and she's just, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm like, no, but this is, like, the coolest thing ever. I just have to go on, because I tried to draw, like, a diagram of how everything fit together, and I just couldn't do it. (laughs) And I was just like, but this pilot, and he did this, and and she's like, I don't care. I'm like, no, but you should, because it's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> she's like, I don't care, but you wouldn't really want to assign it to me. I'm trying to tell him. She's like, Yeah, you did. That's it's enough. I'm like, No, but it's awesome. You don't get it. But, <laughs> she was so glad summer, when summer school ended. Probably. Uh, okay, so <laughs> that was pretty much the uh, our literary critique for tonight, which was we really didn't have much of a top, much of a plan for tonight's show. Well, that's funny.
1: We we had a few topics, but that wasn't on the list. That
0: was oh. cool. So yeah, the books um, to uh, we recommending are uh, JD's recommending the old Lando Calrissian books. Um, I'm recommending the no. Uh, the... I'm
1: recommending Battlefront Twilight Company. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. No, I, I, if you're a Lando fan uh, like I am, I I I recommend it. If you if you like wonky sci-fi, I definitely recommend it. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Twilight Company. Everybody should read it, and I'll have to look at that. And I, I, I need to put The Martian uh,
0: totally and,
1: uh, on my reading list.
0: Uh, and uh, Altered Carbon series, uh, The Steeler yep. Main series by Richard K. Morgan, uh, who's also won several awards for all of those books, I think. Um, oh,
1: and 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 I'll read Star Trek Takedown too. Yeah,
0: that was the other one, Star Trek Takedown. So that's kind of our literary critique for this evening. And yes, both of us can read. I know that will come as a shock to our listeners, but yes, both of us can read, and we actually read quite a bit. Um, one of the uh, things that seems to be kind of a popular topic that I didn't really think would take off was bootleg toys, but we've had a couple comments about that. So,
1: yeah, um, yeah. So I think we're going to make this a regular segment. Um, I found a, I found a Facebook group um, that I. I I saw it, I, I, I sent a join request, and literally they approved me half an hour later. It's called Star Wars Customs Resins Bootlegs. It's, I mean, there are there are people that post their, their, their customs that are awesome, and there's these people that do the molding and casting, and they take a lot of these figures, and they cast them up in all kinds of wacky, wonky colors. Um there's a well, like there's a, there's a multi-hued uh like garishly metallic colored lando calrissian figure it's got like a green green head and a and a and a, and a gold middle and like a like a bronzy orange lower and then looks like a gunmetal legs i don't know it's some crazy shit um
0: i think I've it's seen, funny as hell it's, i don't um, think i've seen those but i saw some at a um the Kara Springs comic book convention it was like a, it was like a Hello Kitty snowtrooper. Was you know all pink? It was really weird. There's a there's
1: a there's a GI Joe fan in the GI Joe discussion Facebook group named uh, Kevin Watts. He does all kinds of crazy things like that. Um, <clears throat> but this this group, all right. Let's put it this way: there's a uh, if you if you saw that the animated Star Wars stuff from from the eighties. You know, the Bubba Fett was in like those strange colors. It was like blue and yellow and and, and there's the
0: a special this
1: guy uh, yeah, but oh you know, yeah, the, from the Bubba Fett short. And then there was a couple episodes of the old droids cartoon where Bubba Fett showed up in the same colors. Well, the custom that a guy posted here, he used the vintage Bubba Fett and he changed up the sculpt uh, a little bit to, to, to make it a little more, uh, make the details. The, the custom is in the vintage style, so it's not like cartoony looking. Right. But he, he matched up some of the details a little bit with the with the armor design the Bubba Fett had. But dude, this custom is professional looking. I mean, it, it, it looks production. It's gorgeous. Right. And then I complimented it. And then he sent me uh, some pictures of some of the other customs that he's done. And, dude, they're they're all done to the same quality level. Like, he made a vintage-style uh, grandma Moff Tarkin. and
2: right.
0: Oh, looks like we've lost JD. Hang on a sec here, folks. All right. All right, like I said, you know, that's Skype for you, so we're back. JD was talking about uh, these customs.
1: Yeah, um, this guy made a... Made a Uh, a vintage style uh, Gramnoff Tarkin, and I mean, it's amazing, but it it hurts my heart that we never got one in the vintage line because this custom was proof that you could do that, and Uh,
0: then Yeah, I was um, just thinking that yeah, you just kind of read my mind on that it's like, you know, it's a shame we never got one in the vintage line Yeah, and
1: then, like, he did these Gonk Droids, and there's one that's like a maroon colored, and there's one that's like bright yellow, and because, you know, the gonk droids that we saw, you know, in the movies, they, they, they were in different colors and different casings and different accoutrements. And it, it's, you know, it's good stuff. And then, 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 then there's, there's some customs on there. There's, there's one, it's like a, like a, the stormtrooper officers that we saw on Tatooine with the, with the pauldrons and the backpacks and the pouches. Dude, this thing looks, it, it looks like a Kenner figure. It, it's. It's seriously impressive. And then <clears throat> there's a custom. The guy posted, uh, he's selling his uh, his figure arts, Kylo Ren figure, but next to it in the picture is a Count Dooku figure that looks like a figure arts thing. And I even commented, oh, really? I'm like, you, I didn't know that figure arts made one. He said, no, it's a no, custom somebody made. I'm like, oh, my God. Dude, this thing looked like it was figure arts quality.
0: Man. That's, that's, um, yeah, uh... dude.
1: Yeah, this group again. The, this group is called the Star Wars Customs Resins Bootlegs. I know Brian sent in a join request. I did. Uh, dude, I, some everybody check this group out. If you're into, if you're, if you like Star Wars customs and and, and you want to see some crazy bootleg style stuff and some legit gorgeous customs, check this group out. Yeah, um, I, they they you know what. It makes me want to get a couple of the old vintage customs. Even though I can't cast, I, I could paint, and it makes me want to get some of the, the vintage Star Wars stuff and create my own quote-unquote bootleg figures.
0: Yeah, um, cool. Th- that's super
1: cool. Um, I mean,
0: the, the, you know what most of the problem with the, the vintage figures, I mean, you get vintage figures fairly cheap, but the problem that you find with most of the vintage figures is the paint job is is all faded now. So, I mean, you could get them fairly cheap, and since you're going to repay that'd be a good way yeah, to go. Yeah, you know,
1: there, there's, there's a, you know, for the most part, a lot of the figures from Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi, they made them in such huge numbers that they are, a lot of them are cheap. I mean, if you're not looking for them to be complete, or you're not looking for him to be in, 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 you know, even a, a passably good conditioned you can get them cheap i mean you know and don't forget because a lot of the stuff that was made for star wars you know was re-released for empire re-released again for jedi um i mean if you're looking at the the last line of figures the power of the force yeah you're gonna you're gonna be paying you'd be better off donating an organ or two (laughs) to to get some of it but uh, you know there are some weird exceptions I went on eBay one day looking for vintage Luke Skywalker figures, and I found a weird pattern. Uh, X-wing Luke, you can get him dirt cheap. Like I saw one on there for like five bucks shipped. Um, yeah. You know, and and within they're not they're not even in terrible conditions. I guess.
0: <clears throat> well, aside from I like uh, like loose joints, I mean, I had all but probably five. Of the vintage figures, I mean, start to finish from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi, and out of all of those figures, I think I had one break.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because I mean, I know I know a lot of kids play these things into the ground. I know I did. I've only got one vintage figure left. It's a it's a Clatto figure, Um, but I wanted a Luke Skywalker, so. I found X-Wing Luke super cheap, but oddly enough, Farm Boy Luke, not as cheap as I was hoping or expecting. I think yeah. the cheapest one I found was like $14 shipped. I'm like, what? Really? Not that I'm saying that's out of the, the realm of affordability. It's just compared to the X-Wing Luke, it's just more, more expensive than right. I would have figured. Han Solo cheaper, and I want to get one of those because all right, when you were a kid— you know how there were the two versions of the first time solo figure, the one with the big head and the one with the smaller head? Yes. Which one did you have?
0: Uh, I can't remember, to be honest.
1: I had the big headed one and that's the one that I prefer. Um, uh, and I always thought Harrison Ford had kind of a big head anyways. So <laughs> I, I, I thought it fit, but um, the, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, at some point I'd like to get a couple of the vintage things, but, Dude, I might, I might want to get a couple to make customs. Dude, this sand trooper that's posted, seriously, I even commented. I'm like, man, that custom makes me wish. I, I don't know why Kenner never did a, you know, I, I don't know why they never did the stormtrooper officer because they oh, yeah. made the do back, yeah, uh, but which was you know all but cut from the movie then, but yeah, we never got the. We never got the stormtrooper with the with the command pauldron
0: on, but I can't wait to see that. Thing. I mean, sand sandtroopers! I don't remember I remember when we were buying the thirtieth anniversary figures. Man, I could not pass up a sandtrooper. I um, probably bought 30 of those things.
1: Well, that's funny because man, they had those widely available for a long time oh, too. It's yeah, I bought a ton
0: them. of those.
1: Um, the uh, now my favorites, uh, or amongst my favorites, are the scout troopers. Um, yes, and. Dude, when when they took the when they took the biker scouts and they they camoed them up for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, dude, I was a nerd heaven right there. That, that was that 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 forty first elite clone trooper in the in the Kashyyyk camo. Dude, that's that's one of my favorite Star Wars troopers.
0: That of was all my time. first um, Star Wars custom. I had forgotten about that when I had made the figure, but um i had that's my first star wars custom was a uh scout trooper in camo
1: well you know looking at this looking at this group makes me really want to get a vintage biker scout and make a Kashyyyk version um dude they're so they're so freaking cool um but there's um <clears throat> yeah there's a there's a yeah, there's a couple of uh, bootleg... I was in, I think, Family family Dollar, Dollar General, one of them last week. And there dude, there were some generic-ass Transformers.
0: Oh, yeah, talk about bootleg heaven.
1: Yeah, they, they were... I think the package literally called them Transforming Robots or, or, or Changing Robots or something.
0: Yeah, dude, it's, it's probably really it was
1: I can't even it imagine. was like a knockoff Bumblebee. It kind of it kind of looked like if you if you left it mint on card, you might have a decent toy. But if you <laughs> opened it, it'd probably fall apart.
0: That's kind um, of like the uh, the original Playmates um, Iron Man line that was based off the cartoons that had like the <laughs> vacuum metal parts. Those things. Look so frickin awesome on the package. I mean, they're just beautiful on the package, but you open them up and you put them all together, and they're like, you're like, shit. what is this piece of shit? What did I just spend all my money on? I have all of the iron Man figure, figures from that line, and I have them you carded. Don't I say do. I do that's shocking, yes, and they're but I kept them on the card. i was I was smart this time, and I didn't open them
1: they were too cheaply made.
0: yeah. <laughs> The vacuum metal parts are are really kind of neat but it it just it's this clunky thing and the parts fall off and it's all these little action things in the disc Well it just, I do know it doesn't look sometimes are not good I, out of the package
1: I, I know sometimes the vacuum metal stuff or the the chrome stuff I know sometimes the the the, the plastic can be like super brittle yeah. if they use the wrong grade of plastic
0: but pink
1: dude, that sucks cuz I love chrome toys
0: and the paint chips off on that stuff too, but yeah, I I have the. Just as an aside, there was uh um there was a wave of those that did not did not make it to retail, and you can find them on eBay every once in a while for just I don't know. Your firstborn, I think, is usually what they're asking for them.
1: <laughs> um, well, you know, alongside the. Changing robots, whatever the hell that thing was. Then they also have right next to it. They had like this. I don't know if it. I think it was. I think it was a six-inch tall Luke Skywalker figure. Now he's wearing the the all-black Jedi outfit from uh, Return of the Jedi. And dude, this thing, I have no idea what the hell company makes this thing. It has. No articulation. It has... <clears throat> no, I take that back. I think the arms might move. You know those 12-inch figures that you see in the stores yes. now with the Star Wars display? Yes. And I don't know why, but the internet has taken to call them the shampoo bottle figures. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what the term refers to.
0: But I do. That's what they call it. I know what it is. Um, back in the 80s, they used to make uh, shampoo bottles that looked like... Um, Characters, so the kids would buy them. That's funny. I had
1: a a silver Darth Vader toothbrush. That's the only Star Wars hygiene thing I can remember. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I'm not saying that they were Star Wars, but I remember back in the 80s there was character shaped (laughs) shampoo bottles. That's where they're coming from. And I will agree with that because there's like a shitload of like Marvel stuff. I mean,
1: (laughs) I don't remember that at all. But. <clears throat> oh, all right. So that's where the term yeah was inspired. That's yes. funny. But so I don't know. I don't know if these are supposed to be like mini versions of that, though. I, I don't know the shoulders moved. Dude, these things were the shittiest, <laughs> cheapest looking. Oh, they had a Han Solo too. First of all, obviously, for for sort of a knockoff line, you're not going to get great likenesses to the actors, but. Here's my thing with Star Wars likenesses. I don't always get hung up if they look just like the actors, but you have to you have to be able to identify the character. Like you have to be able to see it and say it's not Harrison Ford, but it's Han Solo, definitively. Right. Yeah, this thing's so shitty; it doesn't even look like Han Solo. It yeah. it it sort of looks like it could be possibly. Um,
2: Captain Reynolds from Firefly. Um, or, or or it could
0: be... Oh, you can make a custom out of that. I or, bet the Firefly guys be, would go apeshit for that. <laughs>
1: you're right. Um, you're right. There'd be a lot of fans would be like, ooh, or or I don't know, what the fuck was Bill Pullman's name in that stupid-ass baseballs?
0: Um, yeah, Lone, that Star. Fucking guy. Lone, Star. Lone Star. Lone Star. Captain Lone Star.
1: Dude, I, I can't fucking remember what the guy... I hate that one, Captain um,
0: Lone Star, I love that movie, man. My mom Lone didn't need to see it.
1: I hate Mel Brooks, but anyway. Oh, you're um, an
0: idiot, but that's all right.
1: Yeah, well, I'm okay to be wrong, but do um, <clears throat> these things? I don't know who makes them. They should be ashamed of themselves. I don't know how this company. I don't know how they got the Star Wars
0: license. They probably didn't. It's probably all knockoffs from Japan. It's bootleg. It's probably bootleg. No,
1: you're right. If they're selling it at Family Dollar, it may not be licensed because.
0: Have you it's seen funny the? Have you seen the Avengers pack that's going around? It's got like Shrek and Batman and the Hulk and a car from the Cars movie. What? Yes, I should you not. I should you not. I don't have one. I haven't found I'm one, sorry. but I haven't you know haven't been looking for it either. But yeah, it's got. I think it's Boy. got the Hulk, Batman, Shrek, and and the Shrek looks like something that somebody just pooped out and just you know it's like Bad Taco Bell in a white shirt and brown pants. But
1: Dude, I'll tell you what, man, there are many there are many movie characters that I have wished would get toys. Shrek has never been on that list. No. But the idea of a multi figure set with Shrek and Batman is kind of intriguing.
0: Yeah, let me am I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can Google image it. I know I've seen it like a shitload of times that so I've never saved the image. But um I'll I'll see if I can find that and I'll post it on the uh dude, I'll post it are on they like page.
1: Bootlegs of a bootleg of a bootleg.
0: Oh yeah, what that's the? that's exactly what they are, dude.
1: So I mean
2: <laughs> To what
0: scale are they? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> to their own scale, basically um. of course, and then you know we talk about the shitty figures that come out of the general stores or the dollar stores but and that that reminds me of the the GI Joe figures that came out of the dollar stores and I mean that's the only version four snake eyes that we we got twenty fourth twenty fifth style sculpt. And I think that Black Cobra Trooper is the coolest Cobra Trooper that has ever been made.
1: Well, yeah. See, that was awesome because they used that Pursuit of Cobra sculpt. Like, they used, for all these figures, they used used the the highly articulated. They didn't use a bunch of 25th anniversary dated sculpts. No, they used legit good sculpts on these things. Yeah. it was the only way that you could, that, that I mean, because they made, they made the Storm Shadow that was in black and white, like the Ninja Force style, but then they did a repaint that was orange and white, but that's the only way that you can get a chin I mean, the package says Storm Shadow, but dude, right. he's chin from the Ninja Force line, he was Storm Shadow's apprentice, dude, this thing is the only way to get it.
0: Well, and that black and white way- Storm Shadow, too.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, and I have both of them. I
0: do too. I still have Because, them
1: on the card. because me, Ninja Fanatic, right. it was the only way for me to get a Ninja Force Storm Shadow. And when I was a kid, dude, I loved it. the Ninja Force Storm Shadow. It was the only way for me to get, you know, <clears throat> a modern, you know, version of it. Because.
0: Without making a y- custom of it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I know Hasbro did these for that, you know, for that dollar store you know, market, but dude, they wouldn't have otherwise made it because uh-uh. the only other chance that, well, specifically, um, Ninja force storm shadow and, um, and, uh, that, that, that black ops, uh, Cobra trooper with the, was it? Gray and, it's a gray and black, I think, or yeah. silver and black.
0: I um, golden black, but I don't remember. I think it's that silver and black. those,
1: those, might have gotten from the G.I. Joe Collectors Club eventually, but like Maybe. that cool urban gray Duke figure never would have happened. No. And you know, they made that thing in, in the gray color that they did <clears throat> because I think they said it was sort of it was sort of a tribute to the to the way Breaker looked on the on the Sunbow cartoon. So nah. uh because I think he was gray or blue on the show, so it was, or was a breaker. I don't know. It was one of them. He was sort of a Sunbow style, and then, um, and then they had a, and then they had that shipwreck figure. It had the green sweater and it had the blue sweater, and the yes. blue one was sort of a update on the on the Spy Troops, um, yep. or that the GI Joe versus Cobra, you know, like two thousand two shipwreck figure, I think,
0: and uh. Spy troops.
1: And, and uh, you know, so that's, yeah, yeah, Spy Troop. So, I mean, that was a pretty cool update. But that came from the
0: dollar store, but, dude, those things were great. Totally. Um, so I found that uh, pack on, uh, okay. okay, so it's called The Sense of Right Alliance. What? It comes, with, it comes with Shrek, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, a blue Power Ranger, and a blue Cars car.
2: What?
0: I will post this on our page later tonight. Uh, I'll post it on the page. I'll post it on the page after the podcast goes up, so it makes sense. Then, if I post it oh. tonight, people are just going to say, "What the hell is this all about?" But I'll post it after the podcast Dude. goes up.
2: Dude, I absolutely love it.
0: Oh, um, I know it's hilarious. Blue I'm sorry, boys, man. I'm sorry.
1: Wait, the, the, what? The, the sense of right is that what you?
0: Yeah, sense of right alliance. So, Shrek... Yeah. Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, Batman, Spider-Man, and, yes, Superman, Spider Man, Spider Man, and the cars, and lightning McQueen. Yeah. Uh don't forget the blue Power Ranger.
1: Oh, and the Power Ranger. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh then there's another one that's got uh Wow. Uh, the Hulk. It looks like he's wearing a diaper. Um I think that's I don't know what that's supposed to be. I think that's like Green Lantern, but he's a Yellow Lantern. Uh, Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles. Batman with no cape. Superman with uh, his logo is in a heart shape instead of the S. And Spider-Man. And they call them the Cow Rangers. C-A-O Rangers. Dino Thunder. (laughs) Cow Rangers Dino Thunder.
1: Oh my god.
0: Oh yeah, I mean these things are hilarious, man. Dude! I
1: don't
0: want one. Oh, I know, right?
1: Oh, man, tell me they're cheap on eBay.
0: I don't know. I'll have to look. Uh, here's one that's Marvel Heroes, and it's oh, got oh. Superman, um, Buzz Lightyear, Mr. Incredible, and Spider-Man.
1: Dude, I've never before wanted the two-pack of Buzz Lightyear and Superman before, but oh, there no, it is. With
0: Mr. Incredible and Spider-Man, too. Oh. So the pack, so. That's the set of figures I never knew I needed until just now. And they're licensed as as Marvel, you know. It's like okay, pretty sure. It's, that was a that that man. That was an under the table backdoor
1: deal. Um, oh,
0: there was no deal on that. You, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um,
1: oh yes, folks. This is why. This is why we're. Gonna- this is why we're going to have a bootleg segment on here, but Christ, I didn't expect to
0: have the laughing fits. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm going to save the rest of those for next time because it just gets worse from there.
1: That's awesome. Dude, so next episode, we're going to have a sequel to the discussion about the greatest bootlegs
2: ever created.
0: Right, exactly, which I didn't honestly think we'd have this much to talk about bootlegs. Uh, you know, one of the ones that I would gotten... Not too long ago was the uh, Hulkbuster one, and I mean it's just a horrible figure. But there's nothing else like it, and, and there's two of them. It's got a little pop-up helmet. One of them has a another has a regular Iron Man head under it, and another one has just it's supposed to be Tony Stark. But I mean it's like you it, it, imagine the Han Solo that JD just described that looks absolutely nothing like anybody. <laughs> that has ever lived on the face of planet Earth, molded in plastic and put under the hood of this Iron Man. That's what that that's what that Iron Man figure is, dude. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'll take um, some pictures of those uh, for the next show, and we'll talk about those.
2: Oh, fuck yeah!
1: But on another note, folks, I got a figure last week that I meant to talk about.
2: Oh yeah, we sort of ran that. out
1: of time. All right, now the Star Wars. The black series the six inch line it's an expensive line they're very cool not my preferred scale
2: yeah
1: and it's expensive but you know every once in a while i, I, I want one there's one that I, there's one i have to add well i'm a big fan of Job of the hut <clears throat> and when i saw that they they made the six inch scale one well, dude i wanted it not for 40 bucks no way um no way, you know, a target clearance of like 25, I might have, I
2: don't know, m- I might have gone for it if I'd
1: seen honestly. it, but um, I never saw one when they clearance them, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's Jabba in a box, you know, it, it looks just like the Return of the Jedi Jabba, I mean, it looks just like the puppet, like, just like it, so it's very impressive. Well, I wouldn't have one now, except a couple weeks ago, Hasbro Toy Shop's. Ebay store had a bunch of the a bunch of the the black series stuff. Both the you know the four inch line and the six inch scale. They had a bunch of the stuff like I don't know, like rollback clearance prices or I something. I didn't
0: even know they had an eBay store.
1: I mean, neither did I until it was. Well, that was on the jedi temple archives.com which is ah. the site that I go to for my Star Wars toy news. And they had it linked, so I went and I was like, "Oh, well, I didn't know, I didn't know Hasbro had an eBay store either." But um, so huh. you know, I look and they had a bunch of the figures discounted. A few of them were, you know, a few of the, the the six inch figures were like five bucks off. A couple of them were like eight bucks off or something. And then the three and three quarter inch ones, like they had like Bigs and something else on there, and they were cheap. But uh, but. Um, they had. They had the six inch black series. Jabba, dude, eleven ninety nine. Free shipping. Man, all I had to pay was the tax, dude. I think I paid like twelve fifty for it. There was no way that I was passing that
0: up. Yeah, that's a score.
1: <clears throat> now, when this Jabba figure came out, in for the regular retail line, it was just that. It was Jabba. It was a big Jabba. In a big box. Now, at the same time, they put one out San Diego Comic Con.
0: I thought there was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive one.
1: Yeah, it had. I think it had the, the the salacious crumb. Right. And and I think it had his throne. A little. No, no, it was no, it was a cardboard throne
0: oh, in the box. Oh, okay.
1: um, But it, it had its uh, like its hookah pipe and the ah. and that fish tank or whatever yeah. held it sat next to him so. But this was just Jabba, but for, for 12 bucks, yeah. dude, yeah. Well, see, the thing is, when I initially wanted it, <clears throat> it didn't have anything with it, but I was okay with that, because I am one of the few fans that likes the scene from the Special Edition with uh, yeah. Jabba in Docking Bay 94. Right. Now, not the 97 Special Edition, where he looked unfinished and stupid, but if you look at the what the 2011 2012 whenever the whenever the first blu rays of star wars came out <clears throat> they put they put the you know they they tweaked some of the special effects and basically jabba looked a 100 times better
0: i haven't seen that
1: he looked he looked a lot like jabba did in um You know, he looked a lot like the the puppet. You know, you could tell it was Jabba this time. It Uh wasn't some big, goofy-looking worm. No, it was Jabba. It was the CGI Jabba. It looked like him. And, dude, I like that scene. But I'm a Jabba fan, and I I love the storyline of Jabba being pissed at Han Solo for dropping that that cargo or whatever. So, I like that scene. Well, hang on. So, with this job of not including anything, I'm not, well, that's okay, because when I get, eventually, if I get a, a six-inch uh, Han and a six-inch Chewy, you know, that I think it was like eight inches tall, but, you know, it's a six-inch scale Chewie, and then I get a Lando, I could sort of, um, no, Lando wasn't in that scene, but there's one coming, so I'm excited, but if I figured if I ever get Han... Chewie, well, I could do the document Bay '97 thing because he's just, you know, he's just there in all of his hot glory. Well, you know, I thought, you know, you just, you, got, he's got, he, you know, the figure's got the, got the seam where, uh, where the where the torso meets the meets the big slug body. So, uh, well, you know, swivel it around a little bit, and you got, you know, Java sitting there, you know, looking head on like like he did in the movie,
2: right.
1: Well, here's the problem with that. <clears throat> There's a fucking action feature in this thing.
0: Oh, you're kidding me. No. No. So and was he wag his tail or something?
1: No. Yeah, you, you you lift the arms up. Yeah. And and it's attached to this 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 uh this pneumatic thing in the mouth. So his mouth opens and closes. Now, okay. two things about that. First of all, the effect itself is pretty impressive. It it when when Jabba opens his mouth to laugh or talk in the movie, you know, and you see his big slug mouth open, it does look like that. So on an engineering level, I think it was a success. But functionality wise, dude, the torso doesn't move. It's dedicated. Okay, so here's the thing. In a six inch scale collector's line. Why? Is
0: why? That an action feature?
1: Why do you... Why didn't he need to put that in there? I mean... Okay, now the arms have... Dude, pause it for one sec. All right.
2: All right.
1: All right, here's the thing. The arms have ball-jointed shoulders, okay. ball-jointed elbows, and ball-jointed wrists. Right. So... You know, the arms move. But I don't understand, it because the sculpt looks so realistic, I don't know why they felt the need to put the action feature in. Now, okay, my three-year-old son, he saw it the other day. I knew he would. It was up on the dresser. I knew he would. And he, he was, you know, he was looking over in that direction, and he got this big, goofy grin on his face. I'm like, oh, he found Jabba, sure enough. Um, now, he's playing with it. He lifts the arms up. He thinks it's hilarious. Um, and like I said, aesthetic-wise, the, the gimmick works. I don't like it, though, because if I want to do the custom of Docking Bay 94 Han Solo... Dude, I gotta figure out a way to disable the mechanism.
0: Well, that's what I. My was just gonna ask you: Is there any way that you can take disassemble this and remove the mechanism?
1: You know what? There might be, and I need, I need to look into it. I need to see if anybody on the internet has done it, because you know the plastic is probably soft enough that you could do it. Right. What worries me is that I'll just wreck the thing altogether that instead of just taking out the torso um or you know whatever that whatever that that piece is in there that, that prevents the swivel right
2: <clears throat>
1: if I, I i'm sure i can disable it but i don't want to wreck the plastic because i don't know i don't know what the i don't know what the rubbery plastic quality is like i don't know if it can be ripped i don't know uh. i don't know so,
0: see, I've never seen the figure without having it in hand. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I've never looked at cl- like close-up pictures of it either to see what to see it. I, you know, well, I mean, it, I'd, see the thing I'd is, I want to see it to see it to see if that's something. You know, that you know, if it's got a seam there, then you can add a joint to that.
1: It, exactly. So that's what I'm thinking is that there's got to be some way <clears throat> that I can customize this thing without. You know, there's got to be some way I can do it because if I could find a way to do it and keep the the, the mouth-opening gimmick, that would be okay with me.
0: Right.
1: And, you know, when job is like that, he doesn't have to come all the way around. He's just got to be able to come, you know, a little bit around. So if I could just add a little bit of movement, I don't know. I'll look it up <clears throat> on the Internet because I'm sure there's –
0: I'm sure there's Star
1: Wars customizers that have done it. I'm sure there's somebody that's taken it apart to find out. Um,
0: I mean, my first thought would be, and again, I haven't seen the thing, would be to to pop it at the seam there and to take, like, any one of the old, well, not older, but any one of, like, the 30th anniversary Star Wars figures that, like, had a swivel uh, hip you know so they, they swivel yeah. the swivel torso where the the torso where the torso swiveled at the hip so you yeah. know they're both flat surfaces i i cut that part out and dremel into the bottom of jabba and the top of jabba and then just sink sink them together but i we'll don't have know to
1: try that but I
0: you mean, know that, what that's See? my first thought to add the joint cuz you're only you only you're only trying to add a horizontal swivel so that yeah. that would be what I would do, you know. Again, not having seen the thing, it's just taking a star, taking an old Star Wars figure out of your fodder bin that just has that swivel torso, um, yeah, like the Mandalorians. I think the Mandalorians have that one a lot, yeah. Um, yeah. And then cut the top off the figure, cut the legs off of it, you know, just so the swivel's left, and then you could Dremel out a little bit of the bottom, a little bit of the top, and. Um, sink it in that way Yeah,
1: you know what because I want to do it because like I said this thing is really impressive and it's really cool looking and I'm not you know what if the gimmick didn't work at all I'd just be pissed like I'm just ranting about it because I just I don't I don't understand the logic of putting it there in the first place because I mean I mean obviously there's going to be people to buy the 6 inch line And some of the kids might like it. Maybe they will let their kids play with it. Maybe the collector themselves is actually going to use it. And, you know, maybe, I don't know. But I'm just, I'm not sure why they had to put it there. And I kind of wish they could have found a way to do that. but whatever. It's just one of those things. Yeah, they could
0: have just done it without the action figure and still had the articulated jaw and arms.
1: Yeah, Exactly. I,
0: I I I mean, I see where they're going because if you, if you look back at Return of the Jedi, I mean, especially the older ones, when he's laughing, his arms do kind of flop around because it was a big puppet. So when he was laughing, his arms did kind of flop up and down. Well, and
1: the the mouth opening gimmick works if, like, if you're going to make a little frog thing for him to throw in his mouth, Uh dude, it totally works for that. Um, it was just a weird surprise. Now, I mentioned earlier Jedi Temple Archives. Now, a couple of years ago, I had made comments that you know some of them was like mm, it was just job in the box, and I said, "Well, I said the same thing two years ago." It's document ninety four, you know, but now at the time, it's because I was looking at the pictures. I'm like, wow. Ah. well, then I go back and I read. i had no memory of the review. I reread it and sure enough, it mentions it. I'm like, Oh God. Um, but yeah. So, but okay. Really again, whether I can get the gimmick, whether I can get the thing to move or not, it doesn't, <clears throat> it's a bonus, but really this thing was 12 bucks right? that <clears throat> you can't pass it up. Like literally that's, next to free for something
0: that's this big oh yeah something that was that expensive
1: but on another six inch black series note today in the mail i got the six inch kanan jarrus figure from star wars rebels he is hands down my favorite new character from the canon that's been established since 2014 he's my favorite character on the rebels tv series He's basically a Jedi, one of the few that survived Order 66, but he was not a Jedi Knight yet. He was a Padawan. Ah. His master died. She told him to run, and he did. He escaped, barely. It was close. He was on the run for the storm from, from the clones, who at some point transitioned to the stormtroopers, but he was on the run for a long time. He was hiding out on these different planets. He was he was jumping around system to system. He changed his name from Caleb Dune to Kanan Jarrus, you know, as a cover. Uh, he put the lightsaber away. Dude, this character <clears throat> is excellent. He, um, John Jackson Miller's book, A New Dawn, was basically the world's introduction to Canaan and, um... And the, the pilot of the ship on Rebels, Hera, uh, she's a Twi'lek. Um, it, it was their introduction to the canon world, and it was great. But then I watch him on the show, and he's awesome. Um, he got his Jedi Knighthood on the show, you know, for a long time. For like 15 years, this dude was running around pretending not to be a Jedi, trying to forget all of that, traumatized by the death of his master. And, you know, he... <clears throat> on the show, um, one of the one of the clones from the Clone Wars shows up, and you know he's an old guy, you know, because they had the they had the accelerated aging. Um, right. So he's an old guy, and even though he was an honorable clone that did not participate in Order sixty six because the little mechanism that that turned their personalities disabled it, he still didn't trust him because he didn't trust the clones because he watched them gun down. Uh, cause his master was Bulaba and he watched them shoot her in cold blood, just like we watched in the movie, just like we watched, uh, mundi and, uh, Ayla Sakura and Plo Koon all shot down by the clones. So, you know, basically this character, he, he's a Jedi who for a long time, wasn't a Jedi and only becomes a Jedi again when he finds this force sensitive kid on this backwater planet that he realizes could possibly be another Jedi someday. So mm. <clears throat> dude, this character has layers and layers on him. He's awesome. He's at first, he was sort of described as a cowboy Jedi. I don't think he was so much a cowboy Jedi as he was just sort of a pragmatic. Um, um He's a, for a long time, he was basically a conscientious objector to his Jedi heritage. He was just like, no, no, he was working for a mining company and he was doing all these different things. But he basically grows into a teacher, even though he questions if he's qualified to be a teacher. And he questions if his force abilities are anywhere near refined enough to teach it to somebody else. But basically, he has to try. Um nice. <clears throat> Dude, this character is awesome. And last year when Hasbro announced that he was coming to the Six Inch Black series line, I was surprised because Rebels was still a young show, but I was happy because oh, this is what Kanan looks like. Uh, you know, in the realistic style and
0: so is it a realistic style figure or is it yes, still the end? No,
1: it is it is it is realistically styled. Nice. It looks like all right. On the cartoon he's voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., okay. this guy does an awesome job as Kanan. He loves the character. The dude's a huge Star Wars nerd. I didn't um, know that. But he 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 doesn't he doesn't do acting anymore. Really, he just uh, he does voice acting. But he doesn't do a lot of movies and stuff anymore. But dude, if Freddie Prince Jr. ever decided to put on a wig with a ponytail and put on a green sweater and grow out uh, chin hair dude, he would look like Canaan and that's what this figure looks like nice. they clearly l- made this thing look a little bit like Freddie Prince jr because this thing is great and it's articulated just like the rest of the six- inch black series is um, but on the show his lightsaber in order to hide it he, he engineered he re-engineered it so that the uh, so that the emitter top could be disassembled from uh, from the rest of the hilt. So if ever Stormtrooper found it, they could look at the hilt and just think it was just some piece of junk. And then they'd look at the emitter and also think, oh, it's just you know, some piece of random gear. <clears throat> and they'd never make the connection. And, dude, the lightsaber that comes with this figure does that. Nice. It's super cool. And then both parts of it can be stashed on the belt that the figure wears.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Dude, it's super cool. And then he's got the holster for his blaster. And, dude, this figure is
0: gorgeous. Dude, this is the stuff that frustrates me, that they put all this time and effort into the 6-inch line and just totally blow off the 4-inch line. I mean, they've made awesome... Four inch figures before, and they did uh, stuff like this in the four inch. Well, point, and they now what's weird it. is
1: they still have a few super articulated Star Wars figure, you know, three and three quarter inch. But I don't know; they made them Walmart exclusives. They're I've seen some get. of them, but it's dumb. Um, it's dumb because there's no rhyme or reason to the ones that come out. Um, but this Canaan figure kind of makes. All right, let's put it this way. The Rebels characters, there's two more slated to come out. They're making Sabine, who is basically, she's a teenage Mandalorian. Um,
0: Oh, yeah. She's, she's come. seen a lot of complaints that it's going to be, she's going to be short-packed.
1: Um, oh, probably, but hey, that's, that's why you pay, that's why, that's why you put 50 bucks in the bank for, you know, when you get in on eBay, but you know, it's cool that they're making her, and the next year they're doing uh, Hera, the the Twilic pilot that, that I mentioned.
0: That's the one uh, I'd like to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, it's great. She's coming in the same series as uh, the Black Series, Lando Calrissian, Qui-Gon Jinn, and the Emperor's Royal Guard. Um, all of which I actually want. Um, but again, this line they're expensive
0: and yeah. I can't afford to get them all no, I'm, but <clears> there's a bunch <clears throat> I'm gonna try of them to I would uh, like, have like I've gotten did I just I've been trying to get all the bounty hunters but I missed the IG-88 <coughs> and I really I don't know what it is about the first order flame thrower trooper that I just absolutely love the design of the armor but I just can't justify spending 25 25 bucks on a the figure just well I just it's funny it.
2: cuz
1: I don't have I don't have the six inch first order stormtrooper, but I I like the first order stormtroopers better. I like the design because it's a little sleeker than the original trilogy stormtroopers. I agree. And but I don't have it because I never saw it, you know. Huh. But um, I uh, I obviously I have to get Lando um, because since the since the line launched, I said. Where's Lando? Where's That's always my question. Where's Lando? <clears throat> anytime, anytime there's there's Star Wars new anything announced, my first question is, where's Lando? Well, he showed up twice on Rebels, so I'm happy.
0: Are they making, uh, in the new three and three-quarter inch black line, the super articulated one, isn't there going to be a Lando figure in that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I a re-release um, oh, is it from that? the vintage collection. Yeah, and that's what I thought. It, well, it's a re-release of one of the best Landos they've
2: made.
0: See, and so, I still, that's what, that's what ticks me off about Hasbro. It's like, okay, we have all of these new characters from this new movie that just came out that have crappy five-point-of-articulation figures. So here in this super-articulated three-and-three-quarter-inch black figure line, here's some figures you already have. What? Yeah, my, Come uh, on. But, but dude, but that nothing, part of it's
1: man. not made for the people that already have it. It's made for the people that couldn't find them. So if you never had Lando, or you never had the super rare uh, Emperor's Royal Guard, or you never got the realistic styled uh, Ahsoka Tano figure that they made from the Clone Wars realistic style in the vintage line, this is your chance to get them.
0: Uh, I'll give you that, but it's <clears throat> because still let's put it this way:
1: secondary market prices on Ahsoka and the Royal Guard. Are astronomical.
0: Yeah, I never did. Like, never was able to get the Royal Guard myself.
1: Yeah, so that's that's what this is. Um, I, I can see
0: I, I can see that point, but to me, it's still frustrating because I still want a super articulated first order Tie fighter pilot. I still want a super articulated um, flamethrower trooper. Um, hey, I still want someday. a super articulated uh, snow trooper. You know, I, I still want. The uh, super articulated, the one with the kind of like webbing on his chest, you know. Um, I don't remember. What? The, hey, it's God. like a commander, I think, or something like that. I don't know. It came out in a, a box set. The five points it was an Amazon. Ex- five points of articulation it was an Amazon exclusive box set. Box sets oh. actually pretty cool. It's this little cube that folds out, and it's got like seven figures in it. It's a really cool set.
1: Dude, oh, yeah. I honestly have no idea
0: what that is. I want to see a picture of it. Yeah, I'll um, send it to. Uh, I'll send you a, a picture of it because I, I I saw it on Amazon. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. So I pre-ordered it and I got it. And yeah, it's really fucking awesome. The way it it folds up into this little cube and then it <laughs> unfolds and it, you know, each oh, facet cool. of the of the. It's like an army builder box, basically, because it's all of like the troopers, and
1: <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. See. For display, I don't mind I don't mind the the, the the you know the limited articulation guys. See and that's what um, I I
0: didn't take it looks so cool in the box that I didn't take it out. But anyway, exactly. one of those so, one there's one of those figures that he's got like the it's like the heavy gunner, I think. The first order heavy oh, gunner.
1: Oh 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 I see. With like the with like the harness
0: on the big.
1: And the big a, uh, yeah. piece of artillery.
0: Yes, I want a super articulated oh. one of those. Yeah, but no, oh, yeah. we're going to get figures that are, are are already out. Yes, they're expensive on the secondary market, but they already exist somewhere. These do not. That's my that's my big beef.
1: Okay. Hey, they've got years to make these things. Eventually, well, we'll see. Well, think of it this way: the first order. Still alive and well, we're gonna see him in episode 8.
0: I'm not saying we're not, I'm just saying that they don't seem to be putting any effort into making decent three and three quarter figures.
1: No, but, um, like I said, first order gonna show up in eight. You know, a lot of these troopers, I'm sure they'll be there, you know, and then we'll have new
0: troopers in eight. And, uh, geez, you know. Look at the new troopers that are in Rogue One. Holy shit, I want those in three three-quarter-inch super-articulated because those oh. guys look fucking oh. awesome.
1: <clears throat> Let's talk about the Rogue One troopers. All right. You know, I said the, the, the camo scouts were my favorite. Well, for since Revenge of the Sith, they've never had competition. There's never been another trooper as cool as that until Rogue One, and they have those...
0: I think uh, they're it, it has been, but you probably the, haven't seen it. What? Imperial Naval Commando. Um. Imperial Naval Commando? What yeah. the hell is that? Yeah, uh, it's one I think they took off of one of my customs. Jeez. Um, yeah, Google image uh, Imperial Naval Commando figure. Because I actually have a, com- a custom called Imperial Naval Commando. And well,
1: because I know, I know they got the scare of stormtroopers, otherwise known as the shore troopers. Dude, those guys are badass. They got that sort of cream-colored armor with the with the with the uh, with the fatigue pants and the the, oh, yeah, the most badass-looking helmet. It they they look like
0: might be the same one. I don't know because I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'll see if I can find a picture for of it here and text it to you. Anyway, yeah, they, keep going on. Well, I'm, well, I'm they
1: look here. like they could have been uh, specialized Republic clone troopers. Dude, now we now we see them working for the. You know, now we see that the Empire had these other fake. You know, troop classes, and it's so cool. I love oh, those man. guys. And then <clears throat> look at the all um, shiny black armored
0: uh, death troopers. Oh, I know. I I'm dying to get that. I'm a sucker for anything that's black armor like that. I mean, you have the one set of six-inch oh yeah figures that I have never been able to find and still want, and that's the Shadow Scout Trooper.
1: Because yeah, yeah, I those, the, yeah, I have those. I have those in three the, and
0: three-quarter inches. The intercom. Shadow
1: Scout, the Shadow
0: um,
1: Speeder Bike, and the the Shadow Stormtrooper Officer with the balters.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have a Shadow Trooper still on the card, and. I still have a couple of the San Diego Comic-Con Shadow Scouts still in the box. I, mean, um, I love those yeah. things, but I was never able to find that.
1: Well, they were... It's funny, because for a long time, they were the only six-inch Star Wars figures I had. and But I got them from Target's website. As soon as they were up, You know, I saw a thing on Facebook, and I went and I ordered it, never saw it in the store. Um, <clears throat> but...
0: You, know, uh, I, 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 sent you a, I sent you a uh, picture of those figures there. Uh, let me see. Yes, yeah, so for our fans listening home, Google image Imperial huh. Naval Commando. Interesting. They went with a traditional color scheme, but mine does not look too far different from that.
2: What the hell is that? That is awesome.
0: Yeah, they are fucking awesome. I don't remember. They came in a box set, I think. I don't remember what, dude. And I those are, huh? And I have them, and they're like two of my i i whatever box they were in. I freaking ripped into it to get both of these guys because they're fucking awesome, right? They're my like favorites, and they're really nicely so, articulated too. Wait
1: minute, those those all right? The things you just texted me a picture of? Yes, those those aren't customs.
0: Those are not customs. Those, those are, are
1: official Hasbro things.
0: Yes, they are. Um, dude, those. Are
1: see. they from Rogue One?
0: No, they are not. These are probably three or four years old. Force unleashed, maybe.
1: Oh, okay, all right. Because oh god, those are awesome.
0: They are awesome. Well, and you know what? The only if Force unleashed Google... on
1: figures I ever saw were the ones that they they individually carded. Like there was the the weird Zabrak chick, and there was Star Killer, and then there was yeah. the the Imperial officer. Um, And uh,
0: Juno Eclipse,
1: yeah, 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 there was her, and there was um, um, Coda, yeah, 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 that's right, the 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 blind uh Jedi Master. The, The only box set I ever saw was uh, the three versions of uh,
0: Starkiller, so yeah, no, there was there was two. Oh. And I never saw him in the stores. Uh, I got lucky enough to find him at one of the local, um, like collectible stores here in town when Dion and Marcus were in town visiting. Oh. And I was able to haggle him. Mean, he wanted like eighty bucks for both of them.
2: What? And I, well,
0: I mean, they, if you look on eBay, they go for about two hundred buck, two hundred bucks a box, and there's two sets. I mean, there's two boxes, so I mean, huh. and I got him down to a hundred for both.
1: What else was in there
0: oh, what, like uh, there was three different versions of star killer every <coughs> one of them was fantastic there was a new version of Juno Eclipse his droid proxy was in there which is a really cool figure um, oh the
1: the junker looking droid yes uh, oh, there they was
0: made a figure two clear him, huh? storm trooper, the two clear clearish blue stormtroopers Um. And oh, uh, an Evo Trooper in a different color scheme, and a Jump Trooper with the Jump Backpack. Finally, I think that was the only way to get one with the Jump Backpack.
1: Oh yeah, because I had one of those Evo Troopers too. Yeah. Um, I mean the you know single carded
0: right. ones. So this one has um, uh, like a it's kind of like a yellow and gray camo scheme. I mean, it's not the most pretty thing, but it's I still like the figure. And as an too- aside, if you Google image. Imperial Naval Commandio, if you go about three-quarters down the way, the first page, you can find my custom there. Nice.
1: Um got posted that in the Facebook group, too. Um, but, uh, well, um, I suppose, eh, we should probably cut the podcast off.
0: This uh, we were going to talk about one more thing. Uh,
1: <gasps> what did I forget?
0: Uh, we were going to talk about Micro Man figures. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the customizers. Uh, I had a customizer. He said that he was looking for hands that that weren't, you know, like trigger hands, but hands that <laughs> that had um, that. You know, he was looking for like different kinds of hands, but he wanted small pegs. I'm like, look at the Microman figures, and he's like, I've never heard of those. So yeah, I think yeah, anybody got, that's like, been customizing
1: chopping hands, and you got like uh, yeah. Uh, you got, like, like open, um, like, you got, you know, like, um, fingers up, thumbs up, those type of all kinds of. Yeah. Yeah, they got yeah they got all kinds of weird uh, removable hands that have different poses.
0: So I'm not the expert on Micromans. Jimbo, uh, <coughs> actually, is probably the expert on microman. We should get him on sometime.
1: Hey, I got a couple of them from Small Joe's uh, some years back. Yeah. Small uh, they were, they were where
0: I was getting them for, for customs.
1: Yeah. They were like, they were like clearance. And there was one yeah. that like some sort of weird anime future hover bike thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but there was a lot of stuff like that. Um, <clears throat>
1: well, one but, of them was this, was this like, was this like girl robot something or another. She had this, she had this cool pair of, um, uh, purple goggles and uh, yeah. I used those on a G.I. Joe custom of mine because, uh, yeah, they were so cool and so unique. Um, yeah, it was a custom of uh, of Hasbro's character, Munisha, and she was basically a bounty hunter inside a Cobra. I made my own custom of her and, yeah, I put the purple goggles on just because it was just so interesting looking. And a uh, they made a crappy Cyber Viper um, in the Rise of Cobra line, and it came with this this mech. And, wow, well, oh, the yeah. figure they made was kind of shit. So I redesigned it, made my own custom of it, and he had this cool, there was a Microman with this cool, like, dark green, uh, but it was a still a translucent visor, and I used that on the custom.
0: Yeah, so... Um, for parts, dude, those figures are awesome. Yeah, most people don't know what these things are. I mean, they're what it is is it's a toy line from Japan. They're highly articulated. I mean,
1: the most articulated three and three quarter inch figures I've
0: ever seen. Yeah, totally. Uh, they're to give you an idea, they're definitely a precursor to the Vitruvian Hacks by Boss Fight Toys. I mean, yeah we oh they yeah. have the same level of articulation that those guys do interchangeable hands. I mean, they all come with a set of hands. I mean, probably five or six different sets of hands. Uh, they had a couple licenses. Um, they had the Batman Begins license, and those figures are so incredibly rare and so incredibly hard to find that it's insane. Uh, I think they had, there was a couple Predator figures, and talk about expensive toys. I've only seen a couple of those on eBay, and they're usually going for about 250 bucks a pop.
1: You know what, Microman would have been an ideal company to make, like, um, Tron figures. Oh, yeah,
0: totally. Because they used a lot of translucent plastic. In
1: <clears throat> yeah, lots of, lots of back-metalized chrome. Yes. Lots of, lots of uh, clear plastic. Um, lots of, uh, if you like, like, crazy, like, sci-fi, like, jetpacks and, 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 um, um <clears throat> and, like, crazy wing setups and whatever
2: yeah, yeah
0: totally that's... i've used a bunch of this the just fodder in in my customs and you know i always get people asking you know where did you get that and it's like it's a microman you know random piece off a of microman figure that you know i mean they don't make them anymore and that really sucks i made a a custom four-man seal team out of them out of using the um it was the animated batman figures the animated didn't mean the same thing back then. You know, animated now means the proportions are all off and they're all funky looking. Animated back then just meant it had the color scheme on a decent body. Yeah. Uh, these they, are uh, they had a if you They had Superman, they had a real cool um cyborg Superman figure.
1: They had a oh, Microman made a Superman? Oh that's cool.
0: Oh yeah, unless like Supergirl that. the Supergirls actually I like the Supergirl figure, too. I just got, uh, last week, I got uh, the uh, Catwoman figure, because I uh, sat down and read Batman uh, Hush recently.
1: Oh, I was about to ask you, what this Catwoman look? Oh, so she's like the Jim Lee style with the goggles.
0: Totally. Um. And I, I actually really like that style, and she, the figure is a spitting image of the Jim Lee style Catwoman and it well, was $12 shipped on eBay.
1: Jeez. Well, who who else is in the line besides catwoman? I mean, is it a um, whole line or is it just a couple of figures? Well,
0: no, it was there was like I said there was a there was a, a couple of figures for the Batman movie. I know there was a Batman. I don't I think there was a you know, I don't honestly remember who all was in the Batman the movie line. But I mean the cape the cape for it had a a uh, little piece of wire running through it so you could pose the cape. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had See? the figure, and I didn't keep it, and now now you can't get those figures. I mean, they're insanely expensive, which is really sad because they're awesome <laughs> figures. But in that line uh, specifically, um, there's a Superman that's really nice. Um, Supergirl, um, there's a Batgirl. Uh, there was a Superman, or no, uh, and the Batgirl came with a Batman so I think there's two different Batmans, uh, the Catwoman, and then the Cyborg Superman, which was really cool. Man, I want that Superman. Um, yeah, I looked on eBay, um, man. The, I didn't look at the Superman figure, but the but yeah, the, well,
1: because uh, the
0: Catwoman was twelve dollars.
1: Well, because I want a I want a three and three quarter inch Superman figure, but you know, the ones that has you know, the ones that Mattel put out, you know, for the movies that you know, they're, they're hunks of plastic. Yeah, um, sadly. So, so I'm guessing these micro man figures are like the ones we were talking about where they've got enough articulation to do any pose, but like, yeah. these, because a the couple I had, if you wanted them to do martial arts, you could do every martial arts move pose ever. You could do a crane kick, you could do a, you know, a split Jean-Claude Van Damme style kick. You could do, uh, you, know, you, could, um, <clears throat> you know, you could, you know, you can make them dance. You could do, you know, all kinds of.
0: Yeah, totally. They, can um, use, I mean,
1: they could limbo. Let's
0: put it that way. Totally. The, the articulation is fantastic. My, I think my and everybody else's only complaint is that they kind of sacrifice the detail of the sculpt of the limbs for the articulation. So the limbs are fairly lanky. But if you can get past that, everything else is fantastic.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And for 12 I mean, jeez. They're, they're, they're
1: not realistic. They're real streamlined. But if you're if you're looking for functionality instead of just presentation, Microman's a good way to go with it.
0: And I, I say um, that, however, the I know the Predator figures were really, really nice.
1: Well, you know, the way they the way their, their toy lines are engineered. Um, yeah, that's some pretty invi- innovative stuff. I can definitely see where. Okay, let's put it this way. Only in the Japanese-made toy line would you find a cape with a wire in it right. just for posing. That's something that an American company would never do.
0: Um, yeah, that like is pretty cool. Yeah, the, the Batman one was awesome. I wish I'd kept it. I took it apart for a custom that I never finished, but, and then, and and it came with. I hate that. I do. And then it came with a ton of, uh, cool gear. It came with a couple of the, like, magnetic bombs that he used. It came with the Batarang. It came with the folded up Batarang, and they all fit on his, the folded up Batarang would clip into his belt. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Man, makes me wish there was a Microman, uh, Batman figure that was, like. Michael Keaton's Batman Return style.
0: I know. This was a. Uh, this, yeah, this would have, that, uh, they'd have nailed it, man, because the B- Batman Begins figure was really, really nice. Um, um, I'm trying to think, seems like there was some other stuff. But, I mean, yeah, it, that's the thing. We used to get these things. The Batman, the animated Batman figures were like, I don't know, five, six bucks at Small Joe's, because they they bought a bunch of them and they couldn't get rid of them. And I was using them, using the hell out of them for customs. I was bashing oh. them into Star Wars figures. Uh, I did... Yeah, I did a couple of Star Wars figure customs using parts from one. From uh, the Microman series just because the articulation Dude, was so awesome.
1: They didn't do... Like, they didn't do a... Like, Flash or... or um,
0: uh-uh.
1: Huh. Boy, can you imagine how cool a Microman Flash would be? Oh, um, yeah. or, or a Microman... Um, Martian Manhunter, dude, I'd buy the shit out of that. Martian Manhunter and Superman are
0: my DC
1: superheroes.
0: So yeah, they're, they're made by Takara, and I think, if, and I don't know anything about the the history of the line. I mean, that's why we'd have to get Jimbo on, because he knows all the history of what what the original Microman figures are based off of. But like Takara, they had, or I'm sorry, like uh, Boss Fight, they had blanks just blank figures and the the female came in like you could get three different versions of the female one was uh and they were just you know based on breast size basically uh and then there was two different sizes of the male one was just kind of regular and then one was definitely like, like beefy and i did a uh, made a conan the barbarian uh where he's sneaking into uh doom mountain in that white and black uh, face paint camo thing that they did. I made a custom of that using one of the the big... Oh, so they had like the... the,
1: Like they got the the muscle bodies, but they got one that's sort of more the the lean muscle, and then you got the one that is the big bruiser type of... uh, Like the Superman style or the the Flash style,
0: basically. And they're called the material... the, The blanks are called material force figures, and they're... Those are really expensive. Marcus sent me his last two, and I just I haven't had the heart to use them. I don't blame you.
1: Not 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 if they're expensive to replace. No.
0: No, and the Superman that um, it says it's Superman Returns, but I mean the 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 head sculpt does not look like the actor. So I mean, it definitely it could be any. So
1: they marketed it as Superman Returns because. That was relevant at the time, but it could easily stand in as just a comic Superman.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at eBay, and the first one I come across is $15 carded. So, Ooh, Yeah. I mean, you, you, there's, nice. you could probably get them cheaper than that. I mean, that's just the first one I came across. Like I said, I got my Catwoman for $12. Um, I'd pay that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like, they had a, a series where, like you were talking about, like the different kinds of motorcycles and stuff. And all of those came together to to build this like huge mech. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's
1: funny. I had a couple of them. I had no idea, though.
0: Yeah. No. That all those uh, they all fit together. There was like five or six of them that you had to get, and they all uh, they all fit together to make a mech. I I tried to tried to get it, but like two of them were like extremely rare, and I never was able to get them. And then I just ended up cannibalizing them for customs. So.
1: Uh, i i i i tried to make customs out of i tried to make a custom out of one that little hover bikes or racer bikes or whatever they were but yeah that felt spectacularly
0: oh i remember <laughs> i used mine um i made a bunch of uh republic commando customs using the microman figures
1: that's right that's what you used those yeah. for that's right you made you made all of the uh, um
0: delta squad
1: Delta, yeah, I was gonna say Omega. No, that was the other one. Yeah, you yeah, made all the Delta squad with proper articulation years before Hasbro did it.
0: Yeah, I don't think they ever did. I don't <coughs> have any. Oh no, I guess they do have a couple. Better. they did. It was
1: yeah. a. It was an exclusive for one of the conventions, and they ended up ordering it from the website. And they were super articulated, but
0: you know, I don't think I have those then.
1: They were not. All right. Let's put it this way. They weren't as cool as the customs you made. Wow. So yeah, a little bit disappointing. And I don't mean I mean, they they moved like the super articulated Star Wars figures did, but they didn't hold their weapons as well. And yeah. frankly, the painting was just it was it was accurate to what um you know what what uh Delta Squad looked like, but right. eh, kinda bland.
0: Gotcha. Uh, the Batman um, is twelve bucks. I just saw that. And they've got a bunch of that Superman figure on there. But yeah, nice. yeah. Um, and I used the Supergirl. I made um. There was a version of Mary Marvel in a black costume, and so Who the she was hell at, is Mary Marvel? What right, the hell are you talking about? Shazam, Captain Captain Marvel's sister. Oh. It's DC. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I, I, I know who Shazam is, but I didn't know there was a girl, so.
0: Yeah, she had um, a couple, um, Mary, yeah, Mary Marvel. Oh, um, huh. okay. She had a couple different costumes. One was white with a gold Thunderbolt, and then the, like, traditional red with a gold Thunderbolt. So it's the the shirt with a uh, short skirt, and then, I don't know the story behind it, but she had this really cool black outfit. That was black with a gold thunderbolt um, back in the 90s, I think, maybe. I don't know. Huh. I'm not a big enough DC fan to to peg that one, but I. Say, I was really, saying, Billy Batson's sister? Yeah, but uh, huh. interesting. I just saw the artwork for um, a comic book one time, and it really just caught my eye because it was really cool artwork. And I'm like, yeah, I got to have a custom of that. So I used the uh, Supergirl to make a custom of that. Uh and we're getting close to two hours already, and then J D was going to mention something about the uh Rogue One.
1: Oh, yeah, a quick note. The the composer um for the soundtrack for Rogue One, it's it's gonna be the first Star Wars movie not scored by John Williams because he does the, the numbered saga films. So because Rogue One is the first spin off it's the first standalone Star Wars movie, you know they're they're going to be trying all kinds of different things with these anthology movies, and one of them was oh, I don't know months months ago they announced um, that the composer for the soundtrack was going to be Alexander Desplat Desplat something I don't know it it's spelled D E S P L A T but I have a feeling there's something supposed to be silent in there. But uh, I am totally unaware of his music. Uh, I know he's composed scores for movies that have won Oscars. So,
2: uh,
1: uh, you know, he, he's an Academy Award winning composer and, you know, music writer or whatever. So he can, you know, he's a conductor, too. So I know he can make good music, but I haven't heard any of it cause I haven't seen any of the movies that he scored. And I was honestly waiting for my introduction to his music to be rogue one. Right. Um, but today the news came out that, that he is out as the rogue one composer and he's been replaced by frequent, um, bad robot. And which is JJ Abrams. Um, production company, yeah. he's a frequent collaborator with them, Michael Giacciano. this dude's music is awesome. I love the soundtrack to the 2009 Star Trek movie. Um, so he scored Star Trek, he scored Into Darkness, and he scored Beyond. He also did <clears throat> the soundtrack to... Uh, the TV series Fringe and I loved the theme music to that show and he's done one or two of the Mission Impossible movies I know he did Ghost Protocol he may he may have done Rogue Nation too but it's the only Mission Impossible movie I haven't seen so I'm not sure but he's done he's done soundtracks for a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies and he's really talented, um, he's got a real ear for making music, music that sounds super exciting and super energetic, and, uh, so he's now composing the music to row One. Now, I know, see, I'm not, I'm not a music listener in general, um, I do listen to the radio, especially if my kids are in the car, Um, but um, like when it comes to me, my personal listening, really, it's it's mostly talk radio and podcasts and audiobooks, and you know, so I don't listen to a lot of music, but I do have a couple of soundtracks, and one of them is the Star Trek 2009 soundtrack. That guy can write some music, and he's doing the soundtrack for Rogue One. Now I know a lot of soundtracks. <clears throat> I know I know song soundtracks tend to those those have like rights things, so those right. get done earlier. Um, I I know a lot of musical scores. I know sometimes sometimes those those get composed just a few months before the movie sometimes they're not even edited into the movie until you know some short time frame before so
0: see I wasn't aware of that it just seems like to me and I know nothing about this so to me it just seems Neither like, do I it it, it, seems this like, is all joy, stuff you know, that we've I've got read the movie in the last couple of months. we're just getting ready to do the soundtrack for it now it's like man this thing comes out in December i mean
1: well that was that was when i when i saw on facebook that that uh, that Alexander Displett was out and uh, Michael Cagno was in. A lot of people that was their reaction. Oh my God, the, the release date's close, or they can have a delay. And basically, a lot of people who know what they're talking about responded with, "No," they said three months out. They said that's plenty of time huh. to. But, and it's also entirely possible. <clears throat> That he could have he could have dropped out last month. He could have dropped out, you know, a couple weeks ago and they only just announced it. Or it could be a situation where it just happened. Um maybe maybe in his head, maybe the new guy already has some stuff composed. Maybe he's been working on it. Maybe or yeah. maybe he's gonna take some of the notes composed for the other one. And rescore it, rearrange it. You know, maybe I don't know. I don't know what his plan is, but I, like I said, I didn't know who the other guy's music was. Rogue wasn't was going to be a first for me. Probably the only. And now he's not doing the soundtrack, so now I'll probably never hear any of his music, and I'm fine with that. because mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty excited about this. Because, like I said, music score is not generally a big deal to me. But for a Star Wars movie, it's it means a lot, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what this guy does. Um, this might be the only musical talk we have on this show, but Probably. I figured the news is out there, and I thought it was pretty cool. So, uh,
0: Yeah, just, does it, did they say why he didn't, why he You know what, off, I didn't... Or?
1: When I read the, when I read the news, um, it had just been announced. Uh, I don't know if there have been details added since, but I don't know. I don't know if it was a creative difference or if it was an artistic choice. It's entirely possible that <clears throat> that it could have been his own decision. He might have just been like, "I'm not feeling it." You know, maybe his writer's block or. You know, whatever. Right. <clears throat> whatever the musical equivalent of Writer's Block is, I'm not really sure.
0: But I'll have to ask my band geek wife about that. She um
1: would. or or if it's possible that you know, maybe Lucasfilm, maybe maybe they weren't happy with what he was doing. I don't know. Maybe it didn't maybe the sound he was coming up with didn't fit the movie they were making. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um I just I just thought it was kind of crazy to read it <clears throat> because, like I said, this other dude was announced so long ago. He was announced so long. Dude, I think they announced that he'd be doing the soundtrack early into the shooting of the movie, if I'm not mistaken. So I just figured he was in, and then for a long time he didn't hear anything else. And then, I don't know, a couple months ago I read Confirmation, from him that said, yeah, you know I'm you know he said, yeah I'm, I'm doing the soundtrack or whatever, huh, don't know, maybe there's been an issue all along I don't know it's very seen, it's seen strange something
0: but. like it's something like that it's like you don't think about it, but the soundtrack, yeah it could make or break a movie, I mean, people were yep. like all up in arms about the like guardians of the galaxy movie, and then you know the first trailer that came out, the soundtrack I mean, yes, the movie was awesome, but the soundtrack made that fucking movie.
1: Well, and here's the other thing with soundtracks, is, you know, music, music can, you know, it's important to the mood and the atmosphere of the movie, and if you got a movie that seems pretty cool, and then you hear the music during the movie, and it doesn't, it doesn't convey anything to you. See, sometimes there's movies I watch where honestly the score I don't notice it. If there's if there's a score over the opening credits or if there's a really impactful piece of music during the movie, I might notice it, but like throughout the movie, like if there's if there's a score behind dialogue or <clears throat> or if there's a score, but it's sort of a, a softer sound over the events in the movie, I may or may not notice it. But the opening theme, you know, over the opening credits, you're always going to hear that. And right. sometimes you watch a movie where it just doesn't sound right. Either, yes. either you feel like it's out of place or you just feel like the movie or the music is kind of boring or sometimes you just think i really just don't like the sound of this and this is not this is not a good sign for the movie itself um i mean um you know there's there's plenty of movies where you where you'll watch it and you'll be like this move this this song sounds like it's from a whole different genre right. than what the movie is um, so i mean sometimes you'll hear like an electric guitar like an electric guitar score over a movie about a detective you know sort that would of like sound
0: the ridiculous boys in no i don't know ooh star trek or something maybe wait what something like the beastie boys in star trek perhaps
1: exactly but in this one case, I was okay with that, because Earth-based culture, it was from Earth's history, and I liked the Beastie Boys, and I don't care, because that was fun.
0: Yeah, but, I'm sorry, you can't get me to go see that third Star Wars movie. I still want my money back for the first two.
1: But, you know what, sometimes if you hear things like, um, like if you're watching like a movie that's supposed to have a lot of tension, and sort of a lot of scary energy, but the music doesn't move it you're not going to feel any sort of you know peril for the characters right. so the soundtrack really can be a big deal
0: yeah look agreed.
1: i don't like hitchcock movies i don't like any of them but the soundtracks the the ones i've seen the soundtracks always contribute to the mood um because it 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 uh it really it sets you up to let you know where, what the director thinks you should feel here. You know, it's and I don't know. Sometimes a yeah, I mean, big it. Yeah, it's
0: the only hearing, thing I'm worrying about. Is like, are they going to be? Uh, have they changed the? Is the mood of the movie going to change? And I hope it won't. I think that. I hope not
2: either, on.
0: but
1: I don't know. I've seen a couple of people online proclaim that they like Michael Giacano's music and they feel like he is a big enough talent and he's got enough range that he could be one of John Williams' natural successors because, let's face it, we all love John Williams' music. That dude is old. Yeah, he, is. he came out of retirement to do The Force Awakens. He's doing the soundtrack to eight. <clears throat> He said he'd like to do the soundtrack to Nine someday, but...
0: If <laughs> he's still alive.
1: Yeah, basically, that's what it comes down to. And yeah. I've seen people that say that, that this Giacano guy could be the new John Williams when we don't have the old one anymore.
0: Well, that's now, a bold statement right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not enough of an authority to... But yeah, the no, music I've heard in the movies I've seen... Is really good, and he's good at setting a mood. So, I have to think that this is good news for the movie. I sure hope so. Um, right. I mean, I admit it's going to be real weird seeing a Star Wars movie without John Williams' music. Yeah, totally. But, but see, the thing is, for the Clone Wars series and for Rebels, there was a the 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 composer is a guy named Kevin or um, no, excuse me. Um Kevin Kiner. This guy he he uses some of the some of the notes and some of the pieces that John Williams composed and he puts his own spin on it huh. and he makes it fit seamlessly with the soundtrack. And if that's what this guy's gonna do for Rogue One, I'm all for it.
0: Well, there you have it. And we are at just over two hours, so I think we're gonna call that a podcast, everybody.
1: Yep. Put a bow on it, stick it in the mail, and get this thing posted. And then next episode, we'll just see what happens, because I have no fucking idea.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, thank you for listening to General Geekery. We hope you've enjoyed it, but please tune in next time, because next time we'll have no idea what we're doing again.
1: Oh, I'll add, we're on iTunes, and we are officially on Stitcher. Excellent. So... Um, and if there's any other platforms people feel like we need to get the show on to, let me know.
0: And that that does remind me. Now that you've said that, asking for uh, <coughs> fan recommendations, are there customizers that you would like to hear us hear us talk uh, interview? Are there uh, who would you like us to see have on the show as a guest? I yeah. Mean,
1: if, are there authors that you'd like to see if we can maybe get on?
0: Um, I mean, we've talked about uh, getting. And this is a big if. We've talked about getting uh, legendary Marvel artist Jim Steranko on the show. Um, I don't know if that we're going to be able to make that happen, but holy shit, if we can get him on the show, it will be the best show ever because that man loves to talk, and he loves to talk about himself, and he can do it well. I met well, him in person, and he is fantastic. Fantastic. So I'm you know I'm we're looking into it. I don't know if we can make that happen, but it's we're looking into it.
1: Well, our old show, some of our guests were other podcasters. And if there's there's other podcasters that you guys can think of that that you might want to hear on the show, let us know. We don't have any iTunes reviews. Somebody leave us one. Um and
0: um, and any suggestions? I mean, anything, any topics that you want us here to talk about? Any people you want to hear us have on yeah, the show? Yeah, if there's,
1: if there's shit that you want to hear us discuss and, and we haven't or you don't think we will, let us know and we'll fit it into the show.
0: Totally. Um, we do have some of our, uh, some of the, like, some of the people we do have lined up. Um, our buddy uh, Julian who lives in France? Uh, he runs a online toy magazine in France, and uh, we're going to have him on the show because he he's just he's a wealth of information, and I think it I'm, will have a it will be a cool to have someone from um, across the pond on the show.
1: I'm I'm talking to the two guys that run the Kickstarter for Eagle Force Returns. They've agreed to be on the show. I just need to schedule it.
0: Yeah, and that's that's definitely gonna be the hard part for uh, for us. Definitely, is getting schedules worked out. But um, we definitely have people in the in the wings that we've that have agreed to come on. Uh, Seth Fire '30s agreed to come back on one uh, again. Um,
1: uh, oh, good! Remember. When he's on, we should sit there and take notes
0: and have him right? keep repeating stuff. Totally, we will have to have Dion on again just so he can take notes. <laughs> All right, but, but uh that's about it. Uh like JD said, follow us on iTunes, follow us on Stitcher, leave us reviews and uh pass us along to your friends. And
1: wait. Yeah, we have a community on Facebook.
2: Find us.
0: Yep. Uh It's uh just general geekery, I think. I think it's yep. just general geekery. It's not general geekery podcast. I was going to change that, nope. but I don't think I can at this point. So Just general geekery on, uh, yeah. Follow us on Facebook. Um, We do try and keep that updated. Not as much as I'd like to, but you know we post stuff up on there. I post my customs, um, all kinds of stuff. So I think that's it, and we'll call it a good night. Good night.